let's read our foundation of scripture. We know that we're on this reward system. And so let's jump right into this. A uh, couple of uh, interesting teachings on today. You know, we kind of finished one phase and we got really in depth on some things. And so now we're entering into phase two. And the Lord is taking it deeper. Uh, he wants us to understand heaven and how it operates and how it goes. And that is uh, very, very important. So, all righty. Matthew 6, 19, Passion Translation, it says, Don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. So we know that's one of the many foundational scriptures in regards to um, not, uh, the Bible says, be careful about uh, stacking up things on this side. It's not that you can't have them on this side. He doesn't want you to stockpile. You know, why do you got to have 15 cars? You know what I'm saying? Why do you got to have four houses? Now, if you are a car collector, that's different. But in that scripture, um, he tells you to uh, store up material wealth on the other side, which lets you know that it's tangible. Second John 1 8 Passion Translation, it says, be on your guard so that you do not lose all that we have diligently worked for, but receive a full reward. There are certain things that we are doing. You are doing in your personal life that causes you to get a reward. But then there are certain things corporally that we do that will cause the ones that went before us to get a reward. Okay, that's why the Bible says that the ones who went before us will only be perfected by what we did or what we do. And so that's why they're rooting us on. In Hebrews, it talks about the cloud of witnesses that are watching us. And they're like, y'all, please get this together. <laughs> you know, I mean, think about it. In, 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 in planet Earth, you know, the one that went before you or the one that comes after you can mess you up. The one that went before you can cause you to start in the hole and in a relay race, you know, the one that comes after you can mess up and lose the race. Well, it's like that. It's very mysterious when it comes to heavenly things. Those that went, for, went before us, they gave us an excellent foundation. But that's why in 1 Corinthians 3, it says, be careful, you all that live in the last days, how you build upon this foundation. Don't mess this up. Because if you mess it up, you're messing us up. But that's a deeper teaching that we'll get to later. Matthew 16, 25, Amplified. Whoever is bent on saving his temporary life, his comfort and security here, shall lose it, his eternal life. And whoever loses his life, his comfort and security here for my sake, shall find it life everlasting. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life, his blessed life in the kingdom of God? Or what would a man give as an exchange for his blessed life in the kingdom of God? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory, majesty, and splendor of his Father with his angels. And then he will render account and reward every man in accordance with what he has done. How many of you know that might be a scary moment for a whole lot of people? But it's supposed to be wonderful. It's not supposed to be scary. Okay. So they have a graphic that they'll put up here, and it says, if the devil cannot steal your salvation, 
he will move over to stealing your eternal rewards because he is simply a thief. He will always be trying to make an effort to steal from you. He'll always be trying to take. The devil wants you to remember his name forever. He wants you to suffer because the things that your heavenly father are giving you once belonged to him. And so he wants to make sure that he removes that out of your equation. And so I'm going to answer a question here today. Um, unfortunately, when it comes to the subject of heaven, there are some people that they fit this category. Because one of the ways that the devil steals your rewards is through compromise. The definition of compromise, it's a graphic here, is to make a shameful or disreputable concession, to concede to something that is lower or less than, to give up the greater for the lesser, to give up the excellent for the good, to give up the perfect for the acceptable. <laughs> and so I was watching a movie here recently and the man had created an, uh, an invention and he knew that this invention was worth a huge amount of money. And it basically sucked his life dry, pain, sweat, tears, almost bankruptcy, um, in order to create this invention. Uh, long story short, he ran, ran into an opportunity where he was able to take it to a major Fortune 500 company. And when they did, they knew that this thing was worth billions, but they only offered him 500000 hoping that he would compromise. And in the movie, he struggled because at that moment, he didn't have a dime and knew that that $500,000 could pay the bills, get a house, get a car. And with tears in his eyes, he just looked at them. And you could see it was a struggle. It was so hard for him to not compromise for the temporary moment. And with tears in his eyes, while they looked at him with a disdain, he said, I'm sorry. My invention is a whole lot uh, it's much more, it's a higher worth than what y'all trying to give me. And he recognized that, but yet he also knew that he might not ever see any more money. But he valued the greater over the lesser. He, gr he valued what might come in the future over the moment. That's what compromise does. It, it makes you sell off your future for the now. And so, uh, so he, uh, he said, I'm sorry, I can't do it. He walked out the door and they pretended like he was a fool. And, uh, and then he did. He kept on coming homeless, had a little, as they say, a little stank job. <laughs> but then long story short, they ended up offering him $50 million. Um, I changed the story a little bit. I didn't want to tell you the name of the movie in case, you know, spoiler alert, maybe accusing me of spoiling the plot which I kind of did a little bit, but whatever. <laughs> I, at least I didn't tell you the movie, so you'll be surprised. Okay, right, right. but they gave him $50 million. Why? Okay, he didn't compromise. And that's what the devil is convincing a lot of people to do with their life. Compromise your life for the moment and give away your eternity to me. And that's where a lot of the majority of the body of Christ is right now. Okay? And... I'm just going to bring up just this one thing to, because I hear people say this from time to time. I hear them say this from time to time. And this is how you know when the devil has tricked you into compromise. Well, you know, 
I know what the Bible says about building up treasure and all of this sacrifice and everything, but, you know, I don't need a big old mansion. I just want to get to heaven. Uh, I'm not really concerned about getting all of this full reward. I, I just want to make it there because, after all, it is wonderful there. Jesus said he's going to wipe all tears away from our eyes. So I just want to make it there because it's going to be wonderful. No more sorrow, correct. No more pain, correct. No more sickness, correct. No more poverty, correct. No more disdain, no more fear, no more depression. And I'm satisfied with that. So even though Jesus told me to work this thing and it's going to be hard and that they are watching every single thing that I do, I don't really have to do all of that. I'm just satisfied with getting there. Yeah, the devil tricked you into compromise. And I've heard people say that from time to time. I don't know what happened because I, I never have a problem going to sleep and I always have a problem waking up. But I don't know if I got on the Lord's nerve or something because now I can't sleep. So I'm up till one, I'm up one, two, three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what is going on here? And he's just talking to me and, 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 and I was thinking about that. And then the Holy Spirit began to speak to me in an audible voice for those that compromise and want the minimum when they get to heaven. He said, you are the most hypocritical out of the whole bunch. And this is what he said. No one goes on vacation to stay in the cheapest room. No one goes to an expensive restaurant for their birthday and is satisfied with just eating french fries. That's what the Holy Spirit told me. It's your birthday you got 30 people stacked in the banquet area. Everybody got seafood and lobster and steak and, and, and all type of stuff. And here for your birthday, they bring you a plate of cold french fries. And then you, Terry said, oh, no, not cold fries. Cold fries is bad enough. It was french fries. Cold on top of that? She act like she's sitting up here eating it right now on the front row. Chill, Terry. Good grief. You're like, oh, did that actually happen to you or something? She's like, oh, oh. <laughs> it's a bad nightmare. Hey, would you be happy over that? You sit there with a bad attitude, watching everybody else with all of their wonderful plates, and you sitting there with french fries. If your friend was the one who just won $700 million and told you, I got all of this money that I don't know what to do with, just like your heavenly father, and said, because of all of this money, you know what? I want you to go out there and pick two cars of your choice. No matter how expensive these cars are, go out there and just pick two cars of your choosing. I don't care what part of the planet that they're on. I don't care if we got to fly it in from England. Whatever two cars that you want, pick them out. How many of you would then go and drive to the used car dealership? It's always one fool, though, that would do that. How many, how many folk headed to that Rolls-Royce dealership and, and, and the Land Rover dealership and the, and, 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 the, and the BMW? I got some Mercedes people in here. I got some Lexus people. I got some Cadillac Escalades up in here. And y'all know what I'm saying. Uh, I got a Lamborghini on, on my list and, and a Ferrari and something. How many, how many Tesla folk I got up in here? That'd be, yeah, you, 
But lift your hand if you're going down to the buy here, pay here dealership. You headed down the street to Doug's used cars. This is how stupid this looks to God when you tell him, oh, I don't really need all that, Lord. I know you tired to give this to me. And you know more about me than I know about myself. And you even told me that when they persecute me, shout and leap for joy and run because great is my reward. But I don't really need all of that. So I'm going to skip the persecution and just hide in my house because I just want to make it there. If Kia had a job and you didn't have a job and they had a job opportunity making $10 an hour, and then Hyundai had the same job, working the same amount of hours with the same day off for $15 an hour. And then Toyota had the exact same job with the same days off for $25 an hour. What fool would head down to the Kia dealership and make $10 an hour? Everybody is headed towards the what? You know, real estate agents don't have the testimony of somebody that got approved for a $400,000 house and then looked for one that cost $100,000. Why is it that when you look for a house, why is it that you want the best one out there? You try to stretch it to the maximum of your budget. Why is it that when you're looking for a car, you, is this the limited edition? How much this costs? And most people start at the top and then work their way down. How was it? Why is it that that? And I don't. I understand that women love sales, but 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 when you go to the store, ladies, you you want that best dress. You know, if if the Lord lined up ten single men in front of you and said, which one would you choose? You're gonna pass. You're gonna pick the the best looking one, the the best dressed one. You're gonna not gonna look like the one he just came from a circus, like he bozos the clown cousin. But see, this is the dumb mentality that Christians can sometimes, and I shouldn't say Christians, there are some people that that's compromise, and they deceive themselves into thinking they're going to be satisfied with that when they get to heaven. So there are some that are here and some that are listening in radio land, as I like to call it. <laughs> you need to get your attitude together. Because the Lord is looking at how stupid that is. You just want to make it to heaven on the bare minimum. While in planet earth, you're trying to get everything. And if someone gave you a million dollars, you would not give it back. There's always one in the bunch. Jesus had one called Judas. It's always one. It's crazy. Born crazy. Don't have no common sense. You give me a million dollars, short of the Lord coming to me in the vision and saying something, I'm about to use that. So, so what we don't understand is, it's wired into you to want the best. Because your heavenly father is the best and has the best. That's why he doesn't change. There's nothing to change because everything that I created is the best. And now I have children that have my same mentality who only want the best. No one goes to the restaurant asking for the least. No one goes to the dealership looking for the least. You only look for the least if that's all you can afford. You're on a car dealership walking around. Man, all I got is 20000 oh, Man, I sure like that thing over there. And then an old man that just retired, he walks up. What you out here doing? You know, I'm just out here looking at these cars. There's so many nice, wonderful ones. And 
you know, but that's all I can afford. He says, well, you know what, I'm rich, so today is your lucky day. And go on over there and pick whatever you want. I mean, you know, see, you don't have to tell me something like that. Matter of fact, you don't have to tell me at all. When you walk up, I'm like, Lord, is it time? <laughs> Who is this man walking up to me? Ain't nothing like old money. Old money been sitting around for a while, and you ain't got nothing else to do with just spend it on people. Y'all know what I'm saying. It's a terrible mentality. You're wired to want the best. Okay? So get rid of that mentality that you think you're going to be satisfied when you get to heaven by just getting there and not getting, as the scripture says, it says, be careful that you don't lose your reward. And it says, make sure you do everything to get your full reward because you got to live on this for eternity. And see, here's the problem with y'all. How many know? How many of you know that you have been in a tight situation and God surprised you? And when he surprised you, you're like, how in the world did he do this one? That's on planet Earth in the midst of problems. So the problem is, is that when you got that low-level mentality of doing the minimum for eternity, you don't know what you're missing out on on the other side because what he has created for you, you don't have the mental capability to understand. Remember Paul said, Paul said, I got caught up there. He said, I didn't even know what I was looking at. He said, the stuff that I heard, it's not even possible to explain through words. And when he came back, he's like, I'm struggling now. He said, I have finished my assignment. He said, but I'm just trying to figure out if I should stay down here with y'all low-level folk or go to heaven, which is far better. He was struggling after that experience. And the experience was so great that the devil instantly assigned a demon to him called a thorn in the flesh. People say the thorn in the flesh was sickness. No, it wasn't. Read the Bible. Paul said, because of the abundance of what I saw up there, Satan sent a thorn in the flesh then the next sentence says, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. And he said, I keep sought the Lord three times to get rid of that thing because it's so rough. So I'm beginning to experience that now is that because of the abundance of revelation that I'm walking in, uh, the demon is, uh, Satan is assigning creatures to mess with my mind. And I can tell because it's just stuff popping in my mind that shouldn't be popping up in there. It's trying to throw me off. It's, it's um, you know, but how many God said, told Paul, he said, my grace is sufficient. Quit begging to get out of problems so quick. You being in the problem longer is helping your reward. You know what I'm saying? So I know some of y'all ain't trying to feel that, but I'm learning, hey, just make sure that the problem is for a reward and not because you acted crazy. The Bible says, make sure you're suffering for righteousness, snake, not because you're on the run because you robbed a bank. Now, you want to know why this is very, very important? To teach this correctly, the Lord, has, I have, the Lord has to open up my eyes to Scripture. He then has to speak to me throughout the course of a day. <laughs> he, spoke something, he, he spoke something to me the other day, and I, I shared it with my sister and brother yesterday, and, and it was just like, you got to be kidding me. It's just simple stuff. I'm just like, what? Okay. And then other times I have to have a dream, and then it helps. Um, um, the Lord has... Of course, today is still catching thousands of people up to heaven. He either, they either say a chariot shows up, sometimes an angel is in the room, says, come with me, and then they're just gone. Um, others say that they, it's through a visionary experience, but either way, he does that. So I have to, you know, the Bible says to submit to one another. It says iron sharpens iron. 
And so, so the Lord will pick and choose who he wants to catch up there and then require us to submit to that individual and listen to what they saw. Has nothing to do whether you're a minister or not, whether you've been an old saint or a new saint. Just God picks and chooses and says, just like with me, it's a reason why a, a, a pastor is called a minister. What I do is the equivalent of me leaving after today, going to heaven and getting some things and then coming back and telling you what God said. That's why they call it a message. A lot of messages are not from God, though. <laughs> and so, uh, so a person will come back. So I was listening to a gentleman. And, and, and when he, when he's, and, and it's amazing because the Lord required me to listen to other people, other testimonies, even here. And when they give me the testimony, when they give me the testimony, the Holy Spirit instantly gives me the scripture. And I was listening to this guy. He said something that was so powerful. He said, be careful about your rewards. He said, because in heaven, you're honored for eternity, not just one time like on planet Earth. So let me give you an example. On earth, you get honored for a moment, but are not remembered anymore. When you graduate from high school, you get a certificate of completion and a handshake, and then it's forgotten about. When you come in first place for sports, you get a trophy only for it to collect dust or be put away in a box to be stored in the basement of the attic. When you win a competition, there may be a financial prize, but after you spend it, it is depleted forever. But the rewards that you receive in heaven are not one time. They're celebrated forever, similar to your birthday. See, how many know when it comes to your birthday, that's celebrated every single year, forever, until you die. And then when you die, some people still celebrate your birthday. You understand what I'm saying? And, and so in heaven, you're the, 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 let me read the scripture. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is first of all incorruptible, second of all undefiled, there it is, does not fade away. It's reserved in heaven for you. See, how many know? Your little high school diploma, that thing fades away. You don't even know what that thing is now. I have no idea where my yearbook is. Personally, I don't even care. You know, but it was a celebration at that time. But then what happens? It fades away. Some of you got trophies. Some of you got, that got little medals for running track. You don't know where that thing is. Some of you pawned it if it was real gold. <laughs> but in heaven, nothing fades away. So what they celebrate you over today, they're going to celebrate you over for eternity. I don't know how that works. And he said he doesn't know how to explain it. He said, what I'm telling you is every single thing that you do for Christ is rewarded and celebrated forever. That word fadeth not away. The word is perennial. It means lasting indefinitely. Constant self-renewal. Recurring again and again. Example is your birthday. So funny now. So as soon as your birthday comes around, your birthday is in two weeks. But you're already ready. What they put up now. Let the birthday shenanigans begin. <laughs> folk turn it into a whole month. Next thing you know, folk be trying to turn it into a whole year. 
Then they're trying to be extra. God, you got any more days on the calendar? 365 is not good enough for me. So if you celebrate your birthday like that, what is God going to celebrate when it comes to, man, Jesus? And this is constant. So we don't know how often it is. We don't know if it's every day. God said that he was, uh, you know, one of the things that this gentleman said, he said he noticed, he said that in heaven, unlike planet Earth, he said you can walk in anybody's home and walk in anybody's mansion without permission. And he said the moment you walk in the door, they celebrate what you did on planet Earth. Oh, here's Gardette. Oh, they celebrating everything. And it's because of this right here. Second Peter 1, 5 through 11. This is a powerful scripture. It says, in view of all of this, make every effort, not the minimum, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Moral excellence with knowledge. By the way, how you develop with all of these things help determine your reward. It's like a paycheck. Moral excellence with knowledge. Knowledge, self-control. Self-control with patient endurance. Not just enduring while you complain. If you endure and complain while you endure, you lose your reward while you're enduring. Patience endurance with godliness. Act like God when you're going through certain things. Don't act like the devil because the Bible calls the devil the accuser. The devil is always complaining, by the way. I don't know if y'all knew that. Yeah, the devil is always complaining. He's always complaining. So when you complain and know that you're in the camp of your enemy. And the devil, the Bible calls Satan the accuser of the brethren who accuses us before God day and night. So know that when you're gossiping, you're also in league with the enemy. That was hard, wasn't it? And godliness with brotherly affection. Be nice. Can't stand mean people. If they ask you the question the fifth time, answer the question. Uh, you're not even listening. Answer the question. It takes more energy. Hey, what time are we going to the bank? Seven. Ten minutes later. What time did you say we're going to the bank? Seven. See how that just rolled off my tongue like that? Fifteen minutes later. I'm sorry. Did you say we're going to the bank at eight or seven? Seven. Right, right before we leave. We're supposed to be there at seven, right? Yes. See how simple that is? Not, what time are we going to the bank? Weren't you listening to me the first time? That's too much energy. Answer the question. I'm going to just look at my imaginary congregation. You know what? I'm going to just wave at my arm. You know, all the people on the online, just say, man, give me a shout out. Because stay up in here dry right now. They just, they didn't like that. Just answer the question. It's just arguing over the toilet seat. He, he left the toilet seat up, left the toilet seat down. But see, watch this. Watch, see, watch my hand movement. Boom. See how easy that was? <laughs> Do you need to take arthritis medication now and, and, and rest your arm on ice or something? Because that was just, bam, we got to see. Bam, this, what's so hard about that? I understand why you're arguing over the toilet seat. Just, anyway. <laughs> about to start some arguments up in here. I can tell people get to we see you at least I do eyeballs rolling around is it me Lord you know it's you verse 7 godliness with brotherly affection brotherly affection with love for everyone everyone yeah everyone that don't mean that does not mean you hang out with everyone but it does mean that you have to love everyone Verse 8, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
but those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted, compromised, blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard, not easy, don't compromise, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. And then there's a powerful scripture in verse 11. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Your entrance into heaven is determined by how well you develop with all of the things that I just mentioned. And whatever that interest is, they're going to celebrate it that way for eternity. The same way you would celebrate your birthday. And here's the deep part. Those who, if all you did was live your life in such a way where you just made it into heaven and all you got is just a small piece of treasure, guess what they're going to do? They're not going to make you feel bad. They're going to celebrate for eternity you getting that so when it comes to your time to celebrate, you're going to celebrate that. And they're going to rejoice with a little piece of treasure. I don't need that. I need some universes to start singing. You know what I'm saying? I need 20 million angels to start. Oh, we got to pull out the big guns for this boy because he, ooh, we, we almost bankrupt heaven over this guy right here. That's what I need. How about you? This is called an equal playing field. And look at how 2 Peter 1.11 put it in the Passions Translation. As a result... The kingdom's gates will open wide to you as God choreographs your triumphant entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Can you? Im Let me tell you something. Can you imagine what type of show God couldn't put on for you when he choreographs your entrance? And however he does it, it has to be, it's going to be done differently in the future the same way you celebrate your birthday differently every year. But it's going to be on that level. Well, we got to celebrate Terry again. See, this is why it's constant rejoicing. Never, just parties 24-7. Can y'all turn this music down, man? We've been partying forever. Get used to it, brother. We're going to be partying forever. Because, see, people don't understand what it means when you say something is eternal. It means you never shut it off. It has to keep on going. You got to keep on celebrating it for 10 million, 10 million years from now. And they're celebrating what you did on planet Earth. So you might want to get this right and get out of your compromising attitude and quit doing the minimum and start doing the maximum. Just walk, just be driving in traffic with a Bible. Just. <laughs> get pulled over by the police as soon as you pull up. Raid! <laughs> Some crazy people like that. They get pulled over by police and they get to cracking crazy. Talk to police officers. They tell you, man, we some of the stories they get people pulling over. All right, this last statement for this one. I'm doing a little bit more better. I think I'm gonna have to start switching over to more suits. It makes me feel more professional. Y'all notice I'm not, I'm not massaging the tile up here? Before the service, I just went and put it next to my wife. And <laughs> a couple of weeks ago at the end of the service, my wife didn't say, you did a wonderful job. Oh, I was blessed by the sermon. She walked right up to me. Dude, you in the tile. <laughs> You're going to have to divorce that tile. Just, you on this tile. I'm just sitting up here just massaging. Here drawing with crayons and stuff, just moving the towel around. I mean, no, in the course of a sermon, I have refolded this towel about a hundred times. 
So I mean the towel had to get a divorce, so it's down there now. <laughs> if I'm sweating like TD Jakes, I'll just have to walk down the stairs, ask my wife to pat me, and I'm coming back up here. I believe in professional, but not that professional. I don't care who watching me around the world. It's keeping it real. Okay. So Holy Spirit says something to me as I close this teaching. He said, if I would have is the dominant statement for those who make it to heaven. If I would have just given up my life for Christ, I could have got all of this stuff up here. If I would have just stopped gossiping, if I would have just stopped backbiting, if I would have just spent time in prayer, if I would have just meditated the word day and night, because I didn't know that there was a huge reward just obeying that scripture. If I would have just come to church instead of saying I could worship God at home. If I would have just helped the poor. If I would have just forgiven that individual that did me wrong. If I would have just started that business that God told me to start. If I just would have went to school when he told me to go. If I would have. If I would have. If I would have. If I would have, if I would have, if I would have just taken seriously what the word says about the eternal reward and not compromise my whole life. If I just would have is the dominant statement for those that first enter heaven. If I would have just listened, taken this seriously, because you don't know what's up there. You don't even know what's in planet Earth. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's all different type of gems and, and diamonds over there on the continent of Africa and those mountains. You don't know what's there. You don't know what technology that these companies are working on for you. You don't know what the new prototype of a vehicle is in the future that they're trying to make fly. You don't even know about the treasures that men are trying to create for you to buy, let alone the ones that the Lord is setting aside for you freely. And men, at their best, operate at 10% under the curse that's in the earth. God operates at 100% under the blessing. So when I tell you there are some things up there that it is so mysterious, it is so wonderful, it's so extreme, it's so beautiful, you will be satisfied just staring at this flower for a million years. And if somebody asks you to leave, it's one of the things about the people who get cut up in heaven is they said it's hard to leave everything because you want to stay with everything. They say you just want to stand there looking at the grass. They say you're looking at the flower bed and you've never seen flowers that are actually beings that talk to you and sing to you. And they say you just want to stand there and they said everything you want to stay at forever but you can't because you're there on an appointment and not for a life yet. Okay? It's amazing. I was listening to one guy. He said that, he said that when he was there, he said as they brought him towards planet, you know the Bible talks about three heavens. The first heaven is the one you can see in the sky. Second heaven is outer space where the demonic kingdom is. And then the third heaven is where God lives. So he said he was in heaven. He was there on assignment. So much so, he was allowed to see his house. He wanted to walk in and they said no. They said you're not allowed to walk in your house because it's not done yet. Your house won't be done till that clock runs zero on your life in planet Earth. So he said when he came, as they was headed back, they came through the second heaven. And he said something that was so interesting that answered a question that I had. Because there would be people who they would have a heart attack or they would die. And, and then the doctors would successfully resuscitate them. Okay. 
and then they would come back and they would say that they, they followed this light and they went to a place and it was just beautiful and, and it was wonderful. And they said, I believe it was heaven. That bothered me because if you've actually been there, you won't say that you believe it was heaven. You'll know it was. The other thing that I noticed is there was never a reference to Jesus. It was always, so how has experience changed your life? Well, I just think I'm going to take advantage of my life here on earth and I'm going to be a better person. That always bothered me. So this man, when he came back through to the second heaven, he was allowed to observe this huge demonic kingdom that's in the second heaven, what we call outer space, but you can't see the dimension that's there. It's an entire kingdom. And he said one of the things that he noticed, is two things I'm just going to mention and then close this. He said one of the things that he noticed is, he said in this second heaven, there was a false heaven that mimicked the real one. And people who do not know Jesus Christ, when they have these out-of-body experiences, that's the heaven that they go to. And they think it's heaven. That's when they come back to planet Earth. There's no reference to Jesus Christ. There's no reference that I need to give my life. All of the folks that are caught up to the real heaven, they come back talking about Jesus. But the ones that are caught up to the fake heaven, they just come back, I'm going to just take advantage of my life a little bit better. Oh, you mean the very life that Jesus told you to give up? So it's a false heaven. And then there's something that he said really broke his heart. He said he watched. And he said he observed this huge kingdom. And after watching it, he said, and I quote, it was obvious that the demonic realm had more influence on the church than even the world. I know that for a fact. Think about how crazy that is. He said the demonic kingdom was having more influence on the decisions of the church than the worldly system that the church was in and they could see. I mean, no, that's not true here. I'm defined both. But when you defy both, the ones that's listening to both, they call you crazy. They say stupid stuff like, watch this, they actually believe that heaven did Never mind. I'm not even going to go that route. I'm going to be nice today. I think. Okay. So, so that's the first lesson. And that is for you to uh, not compromise your life and take this seriously. The deeper I go in, the more it's affecting me. It really is. And when you get it, you'll change every single aspect of your life. There are too many of you that have not died yet. You haven't died to self yet. You, you just can't forgive somebody that did you wrong because you're still living. You just can't obey God. You got an excuse. You just got to go according to your feeling and not walk in humility. You haven't died yet. Those type of people getting ready to frustrate me because I've died. I don't care about my feelings. I don't care about my reputation. All I care about is getting my reward. But people who are deceived, they still fight. They, they don't think the best of people. They gossip about, about people. They see the negative first. If you talk to them about something, they buck up. And, and, and they assume that you're trying to attack them. It's you have to die to yourself. Remember what Jesus said? He said, if you keep trying to live, you're going to lose it. He said, but if you die, he said, you'll gain it. And you're going to have, so for some of you here and online, you're going to have to get to the point where you just die. Quit fighting folk that are telling you you're wrong and you know you're wrong. 
quit holding on to, again, Jesus said, if you don't forgive them, I can't forgive you. And people will fight that too. They, they fight for their right to feel wrong. And they just won't let it. And there are too many Christians, you just can't let it go. You're just going to fight. You're just going to fight. You just fight. You just can't forgive. You just can't. You know, when, when it comes to somebody that did you wrong, you just can't. The Bible says to treat your enemy this way. The person that you're fighting against is not even your enemy. They just did you wrong, and you just can't let it go. You see everything through what they did to you and not what God told you to do to them. Because you're still living. You haven't died yet. And I didn't plan on saying none of that. That's just something the Holy Spirit dropped on me. You got to die. You got to die to self. You got to die to your own self-interest. The Holy Spirit knows what your self-interest would be, and it's not what you feel. And, 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 and if you don't die to it, every time you try to do it, your feelings are going to take ownership of you. Your feelings will take over, and you just can't. Why? Because you die. Because a dead man doesn't have feelings. A dead man doesn't have pride. A dead man doesn't have his own opinion. And a dead man won't hold anything against you. Why? Because he's dead. And that's why the Bible says, in Christ all men, what? Die. And now, it's a scripture that you very clearly taught. It says, now the son of God is living his life through you, but he can't. Because all the way for Jesus to live his life through you, you got to die so he can live. And he can't live in you because you're still living. That was a word and a half right there. I was pre I'm preaching to you, but the boomerang is hitting me in the forehead. Y'all know what I'm saying? And your reward is going to come. A major part of your reward is how much you die. I thought I was dead, but I wasn't. Okay? When I was still mad at preachers who did me wrong, I was mad because I wasn't dead. Because dead men are not mad at other preachers. <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm saying? You better die so that he can live in you. So, how many non-compromisers do I have in this audience this morning? I know they're sending the likes and everything. I didn't know what the hand lifted it was on online first. I got to catch up with this stuff. It's really fun when you look at it. You always got some nut in there that throws into something. Y'all are the Antichrist. Wonderful. Well, the Antichrist is going to heaven. So, y'all know what I'm saying. They just, people judge you over a moment. They watch just to wait to see when you say something negative, and then they pounce you like they've known you from birth. You always want to have those people just, you know, ignore them and wave at them on your way to the bank. Bless you. Just You can't stop this ministry because of what we do in secret. And we're not telling everybody what we do in secret because the Bible said do it in secret. <laughs> and when you do it in secret, what did he promise? Oh, I'm going to reward you openly. It does not matter who talks about you. Because it's against the law for me to not reward you if you did certain things in secret. So the key to dominion is doing stuff in secret. Not trying to get everybody to see you. Yes, I'm going to enjoy this next trip. This moment. We're going to fly high. Fly like the eagle. I had to be careful about throwing these songs out here. I don't know the rest of the song. It could be a heathen song. <laughs> So y'all good? All right. Just pray in the spirit for a moment. Thank you, O Lord God. We bless and honor your holy name.